Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown with myself, Joe Oberly from Vikings Territory and Purple PTSD and Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, it's just just another sad, sad day <laughs> today. We have to report that the Packers are out of the playoffs. <laughs> God, I'm so sad. Um, You're uh, pretty broken up about that, huh? I am. Yeah, it's, you know, it could be the end of – of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, and it's and you know they lost another uh, uh, playoff game at home where the Lambeau mystique is so fearsome, and uh, uh, it's over. It was a good day on Saturday for me, but uh, we can talk about that in a minute. We should talk about some Vikings uh, headlines and stories before we get there. But wait, I gotta wipe my tear just a little bit more. I'm just you know. Really well, sad. yeah. The, the Packer fans might be saying that uh, they'll take 13 wins over us talking about the eight candidates the Vikings are trying to interview, but uh, I don't know. Let, let them. I was alive during the 70s, so you know I, I went. Uh, my team went to four Super Bowls while they had uh, Lynn Dickey as their quarterback. So whatever. Yeah, that was. Uh, well, yeah, it's hard to believe that the Packers at one time were that uh, 70s laughing stock, basically. They were. Yeah, it's been pretty good for them since then. Well, you know, speaking of the the coaches and GM search, uh, Vikings, you know, brass have been busy, you know, in the in the past week. I my hats off to them. I mean, they they loosened up those rules to allow you to start interviewing uh, people before the playoffs are done, which is great, so that you can hit the ground running. And you know, they interviewed a slew of of uh, uh, GMs, and it, Mark, as far as I can tell, they've narrowed it down to two. The guy from uh, Cleveland, who I have trouble saying his name, and uh, then Ryan Poles from KC. So is, is that what you're hearing? You're pulling for Ryan Poles because you can pronounce it, right? Yes, that's right. Uh, the other guy is Kwesi uh, Adolfo Mensa, I believe. It's how you say it. I'm not sure, though. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it looks like, you know, Kwesi's going to interview today. Uh, Ryan Poles interviews tomorrow. But Ryan Poles was a finalist in New York, didn't get the Giants job. He's uh he's really high on the Bears list, uh, so uh, he could be going to Chicago. So um, you know, I, what's that? Would it be a bidding war then if you, if they're both wanting to get him? No, well, it could be, but I think in that situation, he takes if it's if both teams want him, he takes. We'll find out who he prefers uh, if it comes down to the the two teams wanting him because uh, it's two two totally different quarterback situations there. One's affordable, but he's young and. Might take a while. Uh, the other guy is, yeah. If you believe in Justin Fields, uh, that's maybe a more attractive job. If you believe that you can be super competitive as the Wilfs want to continue to be this year, and Kirk Cousins can can take you there, then this is maybe a more attractive job. But I think the GM, uh, you're looking long term. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about the guy from Cleveland. He's kind of an outside the box guy. Uh, you know, was in uh, analytics uh, or basically research and development with the 49ers for seven years, uh, basketball player at Princeton. Um, so I don't know that he has a lot of the, the on, you know, in the building experience that, that a guy like Ryan Poles has, who's been in Kansas City, he's been a scout, he's been around Andy Reid's system. Uh, he's been there for 13 years, so he's been there through the whole Andy Reid uh experience the era that's you know the best going right now uh he seems like the better candidate to me uh from experience standpoint but the the other guy is certainly a sharp guy so uh they've interviewed you know 
uh, they've inter they interviewed eight general manager candidates, eight head coaching candidates. These are the two guys they brought back for GM second interviews. Um, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But it's kind of strange to me that they've already interviewed the eight coaches. The GM is going to uh, at least have a, a say. He should be the guy that hires the coach. Uh, if it's the Kansas City guy, they have not hired, they have not interviewed Eric Bieniemy. To me, it's like I think that this the coaches that, that that pool of eight coaches could open up because if you hire a guy from Kansas City, he might want Eric Bieniemy. So I think he has the in that position, he should have the right to interview Eric Bieniemy if he wants him. So uh, I, you know, I think the GM is going to be hired here at the end of this week, maybe early next week. But uh, to me. Uh, the coaching thing you know, could could expand beyond those eight guys, I would think. Can you announce before the Chiefs are out of the playoffs if it's if it's polls? Yeah, I believe so. With the GM uh, now, the there, there's three coaches that they, that they've interviewed that are still active in the playoffs. That they cannot interview again until after they can interview that week between the championship game and the Super Bowl if they're in the Super Bowl. Uh, so. Uh, to me, it's yeah. I think I think that I, I don't know for sure, but I think the GM you can you can make that that announcement. Does but the, I, go ahead. But I'm not sure on that with the GM. Does the Kirk Cousins situation make this a less attractive uh, uh, job? Because we'd heard it's it's one of the better ones out there because they have a decent offense, but uh, uh, and the defense uh, is not so good, but. Uh, you had said last week a, a, a front office that's kind of hands off, so it, it seems like it would be a good job. But forty-five million on the cap that he's got to, you know, I mean, uh, next year, for, you know, they got to pay him forty-five million. Isn't that much? It isn't the whole forty-five million cap hit, I don't think. But it's twenty percent of their cap. Does that make the uh, Vikings uh, less position less tenable than maybe the Bears? It depends on what you think of Kirk Cousins. I think each of these jobs. I mean. People have asked, you know, what, you know, everybody wants to be the the. That's the job everyone wants. Well, to me, uh, Miami as as uh, you're talking about coaches as well as GM. Yeah. Uh, you know, Miami Miami's got two straight winning seasons. Uh, it's Miami. It's not 13 below zero in Miami right now. That's pretty attractive to me if I'm a GM. Uh, if you're in Denver, uh, say you're you're uh, Nate Hackett, and you go to if you go to Denver. And there's some sort of deal where Aaron Rodgers follows you to Denver. That's pretty attractive. You know, that's more attractive than coming here and, and figuring out the Kirk Cousins situation. I know Aaron Rodgers is, you know, the postseason has not been kind to him here since he won a Super Bowl. He still did win a Super Bowl, uh, but he's Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be a two time defending MVP, four time overall. So if he follows you to Denver, that's the best job. So I think it's different flavors for different people. Do you do you mention that you thought the Wilfs, you know, might be looking to just, you know, not rebuild and continue going on? That uh, if that's the case, I mean, I, I mean, to me, it all of a sudden occurs to me that maybe the Kirk Cousins situation gives a new GM a nice mulligan year, where you know he he can't he's not he shouldn't have to be expected to win with that much of a, a crippling. Uh, salary cap uh, to start with, you know, you can say, okay, let's play out Kirk Cousins, and then we get to go to town, and we can start building, and then uh, really be ready to go in year two or three. Of course, you wouldn't have a quarterback then, unless you got. Well, yeah, I, th I think I think the Wilfs' uh, track record as well is well established that they're patient owners. They 
they give the resources and there's patience. I mean, they look at how much time Rick Spielman got from when he came in the door 2006 uh, to, to getting fired here. Um, and the coach, you know, Zimmer had uh, ample time to, 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 to win it all. So to me, that, that makes it attractive is that you got, you know, you're not coming in. This is not Cleveland of the, you know, uh, that stretch of good 15 year stretch or the Haslam earlier years. I mean, it's starting to, starting to stabilize now. But, you know, the GM would come and go in a, in a year. The coach would come and go in a year. That's not going to happen here. So I think that that's what it makes. It does make it attractive is that it's a stable. There's a stable patient ownership in place that will spend the money to win. They do want to win. Uh, they just got to find the right people. Did, are, did you, are you hearing something that uh, it should be done by the end of the week? Or that's just what you're, you're thinking they, they will make a decision by the end? Well, I just know that they have one interview scheduled, second interview today, another second interview tomorrow. Um, you know, I don't see them taking a whole lot of time. Uh, yeah. if, unless these guys come in and they're just, there's just something that tells them, you know, there's some oil and water that they don't mix uh, with the ownership or with this search group. Uh, then you maybe, you know, you don't rush it. You don't just, you maybe open it back up. But I think for them to come down and have two finalists where they're going to bring them in and interview them, uh, you know, they, they like one or the other, you know, and probably will hire them. I would think, uh, you know, Friday, I'm, I'm guessing, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's not that I mean, the, the interviews have to take place first, you know? Yeah. So we'll see, you know, how, uh, you know, both of them were impressive in their first interviews, obviously, because they got the second interviews. Um, so, yeah, I, I would anticipate this kind of moving along here because uh, then you got to go get the coach and you got to put a staff in place. Uh, the NFL just never rests. I mean, I'd, uh, Tony Dungy has tweeted about this. He's talked about it. Is that, you know, he doesn't like how, you know, the schedule is so jam packed in that, you know, you can't even allow uh, these assistant coaches to focus on the playoffs which could be the biggest moments in their career, you know, uh, they have to be like getting their stuff together to, to present to the, to the teams that they can't get into playoffs or didn't get in the playoffs. Uh, he, he likes the maybe being a little spaced out where you could make Duke could do this stuff after a season ends. And I, I wholeheartedly believe in that, but it'll never happen. The NFL has always got to have the foot to the floor. As soon as the Super Bowl is over, we got to be talking combine. We got to be talking draft. It just, they don't breathe. They don't take a breath. So that's not going to happen. Yeah, they just don't. So I say you just want a vacation, you and Tony. That's what you You know, well, I, I, to me, the best, uh, except for back in the old days, when the 80s, whenever you would, uh, or early 90s, when you would, uh, your team was out of the playoffs, you'd do your wrap up. And then you do, the next time you dealt with them was uh, did a nice little week of draft coverage, one week. And then you did a mini camp. And then training camp. And then training. Uh, so other than that, uh, the 2011, the lockout when they knocked the NFL out and they shut all this down. That's how you. That's an off season to me. Yeah. One last question on the GM. Do you know? Do you know if uh, what uh, Chicago has done regarding either either of these two candidates? Have they requested a second? Had a second interview with uh, with Poles and and the Cleveland guy? You know, I think Poles was. Uh, was yesterday. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't think that uh, they're interested in Quesi. Uh, I haven't seen that he we interviewed. Uh, but polls is is you know obviously biggest thing going right now is the Chiefs. You know the Chiefs are a hot a hot ticket, and you wanna you wanna build an organization around someone who's been there and done that with 
you know, uh, it doesn't always work out. I mean, look at all the Belichick uh, uh, assistant coaches that uh, never panned out because you, know, you just you can't just assume that you bring in someone from that organization or that system that they're going to be able to do it where you're at. Um, but it doesn't hurt to be kicking the tires on anybody associated with the Chiefs right now. You know, I don't mind uh, jumping to the coaches. I don't mind the fact that they've gone out and uh, interviewed a bunch of them already before they have a GM. It gives the uh, the ownership an idea of what they got, and they can, you know, maybe give them a preview and say, "Who do we? This is who we're looking at to bring in for a second interview. What do you think?" And get some input. But we really can't say much about it until they hire a GM, can we? We really you can, you can speculate all you want, but there's. I don't know that there were Vikings are leaning in any direction yet until the first step is taken. Well, I certainly that's what they said they would do, and I certainly hope that that's the case. I think they're smart enough. They may not be football guys, but I think the people that uh, and I think Haslam went down this this path of all the many times and where they hired a you know they hired a coach before the GM, and it just that is never ever going to work out. So the GM to me, if you're if it's a true GM, he has to handpick. His coach. Otherwise, it starts off with two and a half strikes against him. Right. Uh, you may get you may get lucky, but you know that GM is is always going to want to you know put the coach that he's comfortable with in place because they have to work together. So you know it has to be such a perfect marriage of working together and getting you know what the guy wants. And, and, and so yeah, we saw. Uh, that I, and I don't. I agree. I agree. I don't. I don't mind that they've done this. You know they can. They can take all these interviews and present it to the guy, and he can he can look at them and 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 you know it helps him get started. I mean, it's uh, it's a shame that it has to hurt. Uh, that decisions that you hope will last 10, 15 years have to be made and within a month, but that's just the way it is. So yeah, to get that started. But I'm hoping yeah, my hope would be if I if I'm a Vikings fan would be that okay, you present it to him, but you don't say hey, this is the guy we want you to hire. You know. Let him be the guy that looks at things and makes the hire. Zim, uh, Spielman hired Zimmer, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those relationships can go sour, I guess, can't they? <laughs> well, yeah, but, uh, but uh, yeah, they can. They can. But, I mean, you, uh, if you look at where they – I mean, 2015, you know, in Zimmer's second year, that was a pretty good year. You know, they, they make a field goal against Seattle, and that's yep. – they get this. They get the ball rolling. So there, you know, it's not like I mean, in hindsight, yeah, it didn't work out. But as you're going through the the Zimmer Spielman, there were some some moments where they had, you know, they had that what everyone wants within their reach, and that's what that's the first thing you want is to have it within your reach. But then you got to be able to finish and grasp it. Right. Uh, they could just they couldn't grasp it. They they got to that NFC Championship game. They could have played a a Super Bowl at home. I mean, it would have been completely different. But it didn't happen. It's if. It's an if, but they were close. You know, how, how many of the coaches have the Vikings interviewed? Quite a few, haven't they? Uh, they've, they've interviewed eight of them. So yeah. I'm surprised that five of them are defensive coordinators. So, yeah. uh, and this D'Amico Ryans from, from uh, San Francisco, he interviewed, he's the last one, I believe, that interviewed uh, Sunday night. Uh, you talk about a, a young man. I mean, this guy, was, this guy was playing linebacker for the Texans in 2015. Uh, he's all pro uh, linebacker. Wow. He's only been an assistant coach for I think four years, uh, and I think two of those years was just like a quality control guy. Uh, but in back to back weeks, he goes into they go into Dallas. They shut down the number one 
offense. Uh, and then for, for an encore, they go to Lambeau. And after that opening touchdown drive by the Packers, D'Amico Ryan's defense holds Aaron Rodgers on nine possessions to 194 yards and three points, and they win the game. So uh, with with Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, to me, Jimmy Garoppolo is Kirk Cousins, except his teams win. <laughs> you know, for, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, he makes the same kind of mistakes and the same blunders that Kirk will make, but his teams win, as opposed to Kirk's always seem to hover around 500. Jimmy's kind of hover around 650 or whatever it is. Um, do you, this is just an impression, but do you think that the uh, the assistant coaches being raised to coordinators, being raised to head coaches is happening faster than it used to have happen? I mean, people rise a little more quickly. Or are they spending about the same amount of time as under coaches before they they get? Because, you know, well, it, it yeah. like the word is on Ryan's, he might be a little raw yet. It's kind of what you Yeah, I would. You know, I would say he's, you know, he's 37 years old. I, I would say he's raw, but, uh, you know, but people might say Mike Tom. I, I don't know him because I've never talked to him. Don't know what he's like. Uh, but, you know, Mike Tomlin was raw. He was a first-year coordinator. He got hired. Uh, Brandon Staley last year was a first-year coordinator with, with the Rams. They, they, they were number one in yards, number one in points. He got hired by the Chargers. So, yeah, it's – and these guys in their 30s. Uh, so, yeah, it's it, – it seems to happen faster and faster, but then you look, uh, it's sometimes you got to take it case by case because Eric Bieniemy is still sitting there right. uh, at, at however many five years and counting as a coordinator. Granted, he doesn't call the plays, uh, but, you know, um, uh, drawing a blank on the guy, the uh, guy in Philly goes to Philly and, and they win a, he didn't call plays and they win, a, they win a Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, Matt Nagy, Obviously didn't work out in Chicago, but he, you know, first year he's coach of the year. So uh, I suppose once you get that DC or OC on your title, you are eligible to take the next step, I guess. And depending on how you do. Yeah. And there's been other guys that have gone from a uh, position coach to, uh, you know, to, to head coach. Uh, so yeah, it, to me, it's like, uh, I, I might take a look at uh, some of the special teams coordinators. Uh, John Harbaugh is one of the top, five coaches in the league. He's a special teams coach under Andy Reid. So there's special teams coaches out there. I, I always thought that Mike Prefer would be a, an excellent head coach. Uh, I don't think he'd get a chance here, uh, but, you know, he has a head coaching feel to him, I think. He, he kind of uh, torched so, his chances here. Get it? Torched. He kind of torched his chances here. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, it, it's interesting. You know, maybe you 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 get the position and you demonstrate some some leadership abilities and some uh, delegation abilities, and and uh, you have a a good idea of the way things are going to be done, and you are able to transmit that in an interview, and you get get a shot. I mean, is that what holding back the enemy that he hasn't interviewed well? Do you think, or is it that he hasn't called plays, or or do you know? Yeah, I, that's a that's a. That's the question that Andy Reid asks every year when he's standing at the podium in the Super Bowl. It's like, you know, he's he wants to know why, why, why is he not getting this chance? You know, there's a bunch of uh, he has a record going. You know, 20 years ago when he was in college or just out of college as a coach, and uh, you know, bar fights and DUI and stuff like that. You know, I, I have a hard time. You know, if he's if he's a he's been doing if he's been coaching for the past 20 years, 
and he's a he's a, the offensive coordinator in Kansas City. That should not prevent him from taking the next step. So I, I'm curious. To, I would like to know. I don't know. I haven't really followed what what he's going through this offseason or this as he's going through the playoffs. Who's who's interested in him? But uh, I have a feeling if Ryan Poles, if um, you know, if he gets the Vikings job, he he might. I, I would be surprised if he didn't want to, you know, pursue Eric Bieniemy. So we'll see yeah. if I would imagine that those that eight head coaches that pool opens up once you get the GM. He uh, unless he just is absolutely in love with one of the eight that they already have. Bieniemy was here under Childers for a while, you know, probably doing something similar to what he did to with Andy Reid. Now Childers was off of the Andy Reid tree as well, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the, the the story on him was he was, you know, he's a, he was younger. He was a running backs coach. He was Peterson's running back coach, and he was a yeller and screamer. And he's, you know, he kind of mellowed out a little bit, I think. But you know, talking to Childers, I've done stories on you know the Chiefs being the Super Bowl the last two years. Done stories about the Andy Reid system and how talking to Childers to get some insight on how did Andy, how does Andy Reid build his his play sheet every week, and 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 Childers talking about the board. This gigantic board that starts off at the beginning of the week, uh, you know, and how they just add to it, and it's such a collaborative, you know, process. And uh, Bienemy is a big part of that. And Bienemy has learned from Andy Reid for, you know, six years and, and or however many years it's been, and been offensive coordinator for five years. Uh, to me, that you know, he he could bring a lot to a team. Plus, he, he played the game. There's a respect there. Um, I believe. Uh, I think he was well respected when he was here. Uh, to me, it's he's a guy that should be a head coach. I mean, if there's other guy, if Urban Meyer is getting a head coaching job, Eric Bieniemy should get a head coaching job somewhere. And he's feisty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You want a you want a little fire in a guy, you know? Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I wanted to hit one more topic here just before we end this first segment here. Uh, and I know you can't say much, but I want to get it out there because as, as many of you listeners, viewers know, Mark Craig is a, is a hall of fame voter uh, for the NFL. And uh, they're going through the process right now. We're going to start finding out in the next few weeks, what, what happens with Jared Allen, who is a finalist. And um, uh, Mark, I just, you know, can you tell us where we're at and what's going on and what, what we can expect on the timeline there? Is, is that, Possibly. Well, I, I could, but I'd have to kill you, Joe. Well, no. okay, you get all the listeners first and then come back and kill me. Oh, uh, we had the meeting last Tuesday, uh, the 18th. Uh, we voted. We, we can't say because it's, uh, it's, it's a big production. It's all TV now. So uh, the honor show will be um, the Thursday. It's not s- Saturday before the Super Bowl. It's a Thursday before the Super Bowl now. So that's when they make the announcement uh, of, the, of the people that get in. So. You know, beyond that, I I can't say what happened in the meeting. Uh, just you're a presenter, right? You're a presenter of Jared Allen, correct? Well, yeah, you you start off the you start the the conversation. Yeah, you know, everyone you know, each from from the city where he played the most uh, years or whatever. You know, you you present, you kick it off. So, you know, and my presentation is from there's you know he's not on he's not on an all decade team because his career didn't fall neatly between the. Zero zero and zero nine, you know. Really, uh, two thousand four to two thousand thirteen, there was not a better or dominant pass rusher than it did Jared Allen. Uh, and he also, you know, the, the the perception that he's just a pass rusher, I think, is 
is wrong because they're also uh, he's on uh, he, he comes from Kansas City. They're number one in run run defense. And as Kevin Williams told me, he goes, you know, Jared put his butt down and played run defense in order to be accepted on our defensive line. Uh, Leslie Frazier, you know, was a defensive coordinator and then head coach of Jared Allen said the way that the, the, the Jared, yeah, Jared was a five technique guy that, that had to, you know, the edge rusher, but he had to secure the edge on the, on the run. He was not, um, he held his, you know, more than held his own against the run. So, uh, you know, DeMarcus Ware is up as well uh, this year. So he's a first year guy uh, that's eligible. Um, Jared Allen's in his second year. So you're talking about two guys with similar, similar careers. Uh, so yeah, it's, to me, it's like Jared uh, for 10 years, a, a decade, uh, Jared was his, the best there was. So the best of the best, all the numbers say it. I, I have all the numbers in front of me, but most sacks, most pressures, most uh, third down sacks, uh, four time all pro, which is, you know, uh, I mean, he was four time all pro or like in five or six years. So he, he was the best of the best and he belongs, uh, which he's made it to this final 15. He, he belongs right in that conversation, final 15. Well, we'll find out more about that as the process goes forward and Mark's the guy to let us know. Uh, but I just wanted to say as much as the, uh, he's on the field, he was he was fun in the locker room too. And I, I got to tell my, 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 my favorite Jared Allen story. We were in, sitting in the locker room out. It was out at uh, uh, Winter Park when it was still there. And I'm standing next to Sid, who's standing right next to Jared, and we're in a scrum. And... Jared answers a question and Sid all of a sudden pipes up and asks the exact same question. Just did. And, and Jared <laughs> turns to him and he takes his finger and he starts poking on Sid's hearing aid. He says, are these things working, Sid? <laughs> oh, you yep. So I just, it would just crack me up. I mean, just, you know, God, that, that was Jared. I mean, he, he was, he was funny and uh, you know, she wasn't shy. No. Yeah. He was, he was entertaining. It was a, uh... Uh, and you know, talk about, uh, you know, just, uh, nobody has the Johnny Randall motor, but, uh, you know, Jared Allen played with his foot on the floor, you know, as well. I mean, he was a high motor guy, like, you know, had a lot of fun off the field, kind of reined himself in. Uh, that, remember it's hard to, you know, when the Vikings made that, when Spielman made that trade, you know, uh, Jared Allen that year had, um, been suspended for his second DUI. He was a young guy. He was considered a character risk. It was a that was a big risk uh, because you're giving him the he was the highest paid defensive guy in the league. Three draft. Uh, uh, it was a I think yeah it was the number one in 2008 and then I there might yeah I think there was three total. Uh, and the thing was like you know Jared Jared comes in with the two strikes. He's had he had been suspended uh, for two games to start the 2007 season. His first game back, he torches Bryant McKinney. The Vikings played. Uh, I believe at Kansas City, and uh, Jared has a, had one or two sacks in that game, uh, and then the next year he's he's in Minnesota, but never missed a game with Minnesota. Played injured, uh, had like I don't know eighty six and a half sacks in however many games. Never missed a game, never missed a start, uh, and left whenever you know, Zimmer came in and wanted a different look. And Jared and Kevin uh, Williams had had gotten older, and Zimmer just wanted a different. A different that uh, it ended there, but Jaron went on and you know he goes on to uh, Carolina, uh, breaks his foot in the divisional game. Uh, four days later, 
he, tra- he sneaks onto the field. Ron Rivera sees him and says, what are you doing? He goes, I'm going to play in this NFC championship game in Carolina. And he said, no, you're not. And it, so then Ron Rivera has to go to the media and announce Jared Allen is out for this game. He's going to say he's not out, but he's out. And then so Jared, Jared has to sit for the you know, guy, guy breaks his foot, has to sit for that game. And then the two weeks later, he plays in his last game, the Super Bowl, which they lost to, to uh, Denver. So, yeah, I mean, he was a guy that uh, loved football, played at, a, uh, you know, the highest level. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, a lot a lot of fun Jared stories. You know, he was the uh, tied for the career uh, record in safeties with four. And uh, I always joke with him. I said one does one shouldn't count because he scared uh, uh, the Lions quarterback. Oh, gosh, that's on ESPN now. Yeah. Orlovsky. He scared Olofsky so bad chasing him that Olofsky ran out of the back of the end zone by, by like two two or three feet. And I remember Olofsky, who's a fantastic commentator. I love listening to him. I love how he breaks things down. And I remember his quote afterwards. He goes, I looked down and I just went, you dummy. And it was like, uh, uh, so yeah, one of those sacks, Jared didn't even come close to the guy, but he, or he came close to him, but he didn't get a hand on him. Yeah. The guy ran out of the back of the end zone. Yeah, a little more field back there, and he would have had it probably. Um, well, we'll keep a good thought about Jared going forward, and, and we'll be back to let you know when that is. And right now, we'll be we'll call it the end of this segment, and be back in a little bit with more Vikings territory breakdown. Okay, we're back with Vikings territory breakdown. Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, what uh, we you know the wild card weekend was was anything but wild, and this past divisional round weekend of the playoffs made up for it. Uh, we you know we had all those blowouts in the wild card, and this past weekend we had four just highly entertaining games that came down to the last play and 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 a great lot of fun. Um, yeah, uh, I know you and I were going back and forth, and I, you you at one point right out of the gate said I, I love defense, you know, and I just want you know um, there was plenty of that this weekend, and I just want to say why do you like defense so much? Because like the NFL really likes offense, so <laughs> uh, and, and we certainly got some of that too. But give me your thoughts there on on, on what you think about that. Well, it's because I'm old. I think older people like defense because they remember. I mean, to me, I, I like it when it's hard. I mean. I, like when the, you know, the Big 12, you're watching Big 12 games and it's, you know, 74, 73 and six overtimes, people get all excited. And to me, when I watch that, typically when I watch those games, typically what happens is there's no defense. And it's just, you know, I want it to be hard. I want it to see, I want, you know, like whether the Packers won or not, because I picked the Packers to win the Super Bowl and I, and I got, they, they got the lose in the first, uh, the first uh, time out. But, I like that Aaron Rodgers had to work at home. And if he had scratched that game out and won 16-13, I still would have thought that would have been a great game. Because, and, I, and I like that game, too, because, you know, Aaron Rodgers went down the field, you know, six plays, 69 yards, they scored a touchdown. He's, you know, it's like, oh, here, the route's on. Well, the 49ers, you know, they made some changes. They, they stiffened up. And it's like, you know, the, the next nine possessions, I, you know, it, he had to work for it and he couldn't get it done. And it's, that's the, that's the best of the best player in the last two years in the league, you know, just not being given a rubber stamp and, you know, go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl 43, you know, 41 in, in overtime or, you know, whatever. To me, it's like, I, I just like when there's opposition. I like when there's defense. I, I enjoyed the Super Bowl where the Patriots beat the Rams 13 to three or whatever it was. 
Um, just like seeing good teams, good quarterbacks have to work for it. I think the Vikings lost to the uh, uh, Steelers 10-6 to in a Super Bowl. I didn't like that one so much. Yeah, no, it's uh, <laughs> probably all the uh, – it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, a lot of it has to do with who you're rooting for, I think. Yeah, no, it, it, it was, it, you know, it, it was that kind of weekend and uh, there was a lot of defense early on. I mean, starting with the Bengals Titans game, you know, I'll get to Joe Burrow in a minute, but man, it was, it was defense all over the place. I think there was a total of seven turnovers. I know that Joe, or I should say that the Bengals had four and still won. And the quarterback Joe Burrow was sacked nine times. Now, granted, uh, Cincinnati doesn't have much of an offensive line, but you got to take your hat off to that dude, you know, for, you know, getting sacked nine times, sticking in there and making plays to, to get the end. And they got, they got the, the turnover late, but, you know, he took him down there and, and won the game. It, you know, this team is on the rise. Uh, the Bengals are on the rise in the AC. And if they don't win this weekend, they, you know, you're going to have to watch out for these guys going forward. Yeah. And I, I Terry Bradshaw said that, you know, as goofy as he is, it was like, uh, I enjoy watching Terry. Um, Sometimes I wonder if he's all there, but um, yeah. he said he said this guy's Joe Namath. He's the modern day Joe Namath, and I, I you know, I agree. It's like there's a swagger, the, the cigar, the um, he, you know, you, people may not like that, but I tell you what, if that's my team, give me that quarterback any day of the week, and I'm sure that uh, there's a there's a certain very talented, uh, gritty dancing uh, athlete in town that would wouldn't mind having that as his quarterback. Uh, Justin Jefferson. I, I agree with you on, on that. Uh, he does have that swagger. I mean, someone asked him, well, how does it feel to be in the uh, the AFC title game? He goes, get used to it. You know, and yeah. he's, yeah. to me, and you and I kind of went back and forth about this. I, I think you're right. If he's your quarterback, you dig him. If he's not, you know, you're you're a guy like me who's who's got white bread cousins uh, or a ranch ranch dressing, they call him. Uh, who, they who, do? <laughs> going to say, say anything. Yeah. They're never going to say anything like that. And you, you want him to have a little swagger, but he's, 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 he's cocky, not to the point where he's a, he's a jerk, but I can see where he could get there, but he's, he's, he's done it in the past. So I guess you got to take your hat off to him a little bit, but, but it's, yeah, it's not just what he says. It's how he plays. Yeah. Um, it's, it's taken nine sacks and, and those were not just nine average sacks. I mean, my goodness, there there were sacks of like fifteen yard loss, twelve yard loss. I mean, he was taking sacks way way back there, just getting up. I think he limped to the huddle one time. I mean, that, that to me brings the team along. Whenever you're seeing a guy that's still standing in there, and and, uh, and not only is it to, you know what he says, it's how he acts, but you know going back to LSU in that championship game, I don't think I had ever seen a guy that young be that accurate, that consistently on. Balls that are 50 yards down the field. Uh, now he's got, you know, Chase that, uh, you know, he didn't have any time to th- he didn't have any time to throw. So all they did was hand, you know, throw short to this guy, and he's, you know, the yards after. I know mean, oh, Cup has got probably the most yards after the catch, but this guy's got to be close. Um, you know, they found ways to uh, to overcome these uh, these nine sacks, and one of it was having a kicker, a rookie kicker that might be the you know, he's he's a superstar already in himself. Yeah. Money Mac, I saw him on uh, Today's Show or Fox News or whatever it was. I mean, he's he's becoming a star, and he's talk about a guy. He's everybody as confident as Burrow is. Right. I mean, what a combination. I mean, Burrow. There was in the second quarter, Burrow took a twelve yard sack on third down, 
which turned a like a 32 yard, 31 yard field goal into a 54 yard or yeah, 54 yard field goal. This guy trots on, kicks it right down the middle. That's a weapon, you know, whenever you like, because they always say like in this situation, the worst thing you can do is take a sack, throw it away, blah, blah, blah. This guy took a sack, kicker walks in, bang, it's nine to six. Um, and on the other side, you know, I know, I know you're probably going to get to Tannehill, but to me, I know it's hard to move on from a guy that took you to the number one seed, but the way that they, the way that they treated the, the offensive uh, Todd Downing and the, and the Titans, I know this is the way they play. They're kind of a boring plotting team, but when they were tied and the way that they put the, the shackles on him, so it tells me that they have no confidence in him to be a guy that can lead them to a big win. Right. Right. I would get rid of him. I get no. Nah, the intercept, you know, throw three interceptions. I know that some of them were tipped. Uh, last one was tipped, but, you know, he's putting the ball where he shouldn't. He misses a deep ball to Brown early. Um, just looking at the difference here. Here, One guy's 33 years old. The other guy is 25 or whatever, whatever Burrow is. Night and day on how you uh, – a quarterback, what a quarterback can do for your team in a big game. You know, and, and that's that's exactly it. I mean, you compared him to Garoppolo earlier, or not, or Kirk Cousins to Garoppolo earlier. I'm comparing Kirk to Tannenhill. I mean, I, I don't think you get over the hump with either guy. I, I don't think they have what it takes. They don't have that swag or that cockiness of, uh, of, uh, of a burrow. They don't have the uh, – just the sheer confidence in your own ability as as Patrick Mahomes and uh, or Josh Allen. I mean, they they just, they just don't have that. In fact, no, granted, Josh Josh Allen is a monster, but uh, I I think Tannehill. I mean, his best play was when he tackled the guy that intercepted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it really. I picked the I picked the Titans to win because I thought at home, and but I was concerned about it after how how Cincinnati played last week. And then you see nine sacks, and you think, how do they how do they lose this game? And you get Derrick Henry back, who was kind of who was not him his former self. He was not as good as he was earlier in the year. Um, Cincinnati's got a great defense or a very good defense. They're missing an offensive line when they get that figured. I mean, the Mixon's a really good running back. They got uh, Lamar Chase. Oh my God, they are going to be the team in the AFC to beat or to to battle with the Chiefs and the Bills. And I mean, they are right now. I mean, well, that's, that's that's what I mean. We say that the AFC is it's fascinating now because you know, Josh, to me, Josh Allen loses. But I, I feel, I mean, I, I liked Josh Allen before, but watching that game, I mean, I took my opinion of him from here to, to up here because, um, man, I mean, just how many times were they down? And I know that uh, you know Mike Hughes falls down uh, on that fourth down play. If he doesn't fall down, maybe that's not a wide open fourth and thirteen touchdown or whatever. Um, but I just I, I loved how the guy played. I love the fact that uh, you know he's. I mean, like you said, he's he's as big as a defensive end. So these these third and short, fourth and short, why not go for it? I mean, I think the first drive they went for fourth down twice. You know, one yeah. at midfield. You know, it's like you feel like they're going to make it because you know of what they can do. Sort of like Lamar Jackson with Baltimore, with Baltimore when they're playing the Vikings. It's like when they got the fourth down, why punt? You don't have right. to punt. No. You know, so that's the that's a, the type of quarterback that uh, that you're seeing. And then uh, what was amazing to me is Patrick Mahomes almost imitated or did imitate 
some of the traits that Josh Allen has. I mean, yeah. Patrick Mahomes is, is elusive. He's a magician, but he doesn't – I don't think he's ever really caught, run quite like he did in that game. Uh, he, that one where he took off down the middle, that was uh, amazing. He got out of some scrapes there in that one that just – amazed me there were sometimes he'd step up and he was so quick like a jitterbug he was back out and out out of the pocket it's like how is he doing that it's like he's on speed mode and somebody else is on regular mode i don't know what i mean he, he's got quick feet like it's unbelievable patrick mahomes i, I was really right. surprised but I, I guess i want to make this point it it really comes down to uh getting yourself a quarterback i mean three of the four quarterbacks in the uh final four are totally legit garoppolo can't quite say that yet because after what we saw even in just this last weekend but you know if you're going to make you know make it to the the big dance you got to have a quarterback that can do all those different things and I, I think Cincinnati does and clearly uh the Bills and Chiefs do so it's, it's all about the quarterback it really is isn't it Mark well yeah but I I think we're, we're shortchanging Cincinnati's defense played extremely well I thought I mean I know that they're facing Tannehill but th- th- that was a you know to me, that they played extremely well. Um, the 49ers obviously are there because of their special teams, and the Packers are not there because of their special teams, basically. Um, but yeah, I mean, the end of the Bills Kansas City game, it got a little to me, a little silly with uh, just how invisible the defense was. I was very disappointed in the Bills. Um, yeah, what happened? Defense wins championships now. Well, <laughs> yeah, it, to me, it was like it's you know like. Um, 13 seconds. Well, first of all, they should have squib kicked it. They should have got at least a couple seconds off the clock with the kickoff. I don't understand that at all. Uh, and then secondly, uh, the pass to uh, Kelsey that put him in the field goal range or really brought him down the field 25 yards. It was such an easy pitching catch. I understand the, um, like Tyree Kill uh, was, was, became such a bigger weapon because the Bills defense was worn out. And it was just like at some point you're like, because I, I picked the Chiefs and I, I didn't want to go one and three on the uh, on the weekend. So I was like, well, come on, tackle this guy. It's like, but they just couldn't. There were times where they just couldn't get to him. And it, but like with Kelsey, that one pass, it was kind of up the seam. There's no there's no defenders anywhere. It's just right. it's just such an easy, you know, the, the prevent defense just. It's we've seen it this show, isn't it? Also, isn't it's, it fatigue? It's, well, it's fatigue, but it's also just this. Um, We've seen uh, this year probably more than any year when you sit back. You know, I don't. I don't know what the answer is because if you if you if you take off and, and bull rush uh, Patrick Mahomes, you're probably going to get beat. But sitting back and just you know defending the the goal line uh, is not working either. So def- defense has got to figure out a way because the quarterbacks are getting as good as they've ever been. The kickers are as good as they've, if not better than they've ever been. Uh, it's almost assumed now if you, if you have a, even 13 seconds, I think I texted you. I was like, it's not over yet. I mean, it's, literally, it's literally not over yet. It's our, even the, the announcers who are like handing the, or they say handing it to Buffalo. It's like, man, have you not seen? <laughs> uh, I know 13 seconds was a long shot, but it's like they only needed a field goal. It was loaded. And, and it, yeah. So it was, a, it was a fun game, but I, I would have liked to see a little more defense there at the end. I would, would have loved to have seen the Bills stand up and and because uh, you know last year whenever they lost the championship game there, they went out and they got a pass rush or they thought they did. The pass rush was an invisible and an offensive line. They yeah, busted. Yeah. So they needed yeah. So so the Bills got their their pass rush. 
but it was invisible. I mean, they need, they needed more of it on, uh, on Sunday. You know, and, and that's, for me, it was the difference. Last year, you saw Patrick O'Holmes being almost just you know, uh, n- uh, normal last year. He was getting chased all over, couldn't make the magic plays he was. And this year, you got a little bit off, better offensive line, and he was able to escape here and there and and, uh, and make those passes. It gave him time to to see that. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It, it seemed, how was Kelsey that wide open in the slot in, at that point of the game? I, I, yeah. I just didn't understand it. And, uh, I, I really, you know, my brother uh, texted me about, you know, a prevent defense. And I said, well, you know, but I think at this point it's fatigue because on defense, all you can do is react. The offense knows what they're going to do. You're, you're just gassed on defense and you got to run tackle and uh, you know, do all these things where it, it, he goes, well, shouldn't the quarterbacks be in that game be uh, just as tired? I said, well, you could make a case for that, that Allen and uh, Mahomes are tired because they did okay with them. <laughs> primary guy of the offense but I, I just think it's a fatigue on defense where where we saw 25 points in under two minutes in a game what the hell that's just crazy. Yeah, well, it's 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 also it's a lack of a it's a lack of that it's a lack of having a you know you need a jared allen you need a uh uh demarcus Ware. you need a uh you know a bosa you know like you need a whole bunch of them so that you, you need can, you, you can't i mean you can't maybe send six people but you need one of those four or two of those four to be dominant and beat, you know, and get and, and disrupt it. And they just it didn't, it couldn't do it. And it was just pitch and catch for too long there at the end. Yeah. And, that, and that's where, you know, Zimmer's idea of, you know, getting a whole bunch of good defensive linemen that he can platoon is going to help you in a situation like that. <laughs> You're constantly chasing this guy. And whether it's, you know, in, in his case of the Chiefs, you got to tackle Allen. My God, guy's a monster. Yeah. I mean, uh, but it, it was as entertaining a game as as we've seen, uh, you know, for a long, long time. That's what anyway, but uh, you know, for me, I gotta quote the Commander Cody and the Lost Planet Airmen: "Get out your hankies and sponges, because we gotta talk a little bit more about the, the Packers who are who are done for for the year." Uh, you know, that in itself was 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 a, a strange game. I mean, you said it earlier. They come down and it looked like the blowout was on. Like we had all, you know, you and I both picked the Packers to win, even though the Niners were coming in with a great defense and uh, they did a great job the previous week uh, uh, and came in here. But uh, I heard, and I don't know if you know this, you agree to this or not. One of the broadcasters said that they they were kind of doing what uh, Zimmer did to. Uh, uh, Rogers, whenever they would play, he would have all these guys up in the line and kind of shadow blitzes and that, and then pulling back out. There was a bit of that going on, you know. So you know, Demarcus Ryan certainly had put together a good scheme, but I think, you know, maybe borrowed a little bit from Zim, you know, to to slow down. Rogers. Well, you know, I, I think that Zimmer had some extraordinary games against Rogers. Uh, you know, they beat him at Lambeau. Granted, it was there were no fans there last year. Um, he beat him at Lambeau using seven. Uh, rookies on defense and 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 his cornerbacks going down left and right um beat him this first game you know this year in a shootout with which we were all you know Kirk Cousins was great in that game Zimmer's clock management was great <clears throat> everything was great you know so he said he had the, more so than obviously Detroit and Chicago uh Zimmer was the kind of the guy that, that occasionally punched Aaron Rodgers in the nose so yeah I, you know if, if they copied it then they, that's Probably a smart thing to do. Special teams really sunk the Packers as well. Block punt, 
a blocked field goal to cost you three points at the end of the half, a blocked punt that gave up six points in a game like this, those were crucial. As Bud Grant always said, you know, turnovers are your are your uh, biggest uh, thing you got to overcome in, in playoff games. But uh, uh, that that really hurt them for sure. And I, I, you know, with a team that had so many people saying that they were going to the Super Bowl, including Mark, uh, uh, they they really had a an Achilles heel there that that came up to bite them here in the worst time. Yeah, I wrote about it this morning. I was like, you know, I like that game, even though I picked the Packers to win the Super Bowl. I like that game because it was a reminder that it's still a team game. You know, we are just in such a time now where it's it, all you talk about is the 32 starting quarterbacks. If you have a quarterback, you know, the Packers have a quarterback, they're going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, no, well, the, the Packers had the quarterback, who's a four time MVP here soon. They had a head coach that's young, great offensive mind. He's 39 and. 10 in uh in regular season now in three years uh they got a new defensive coordinator improved their defense got a number one draft pick on defense so they were improved there they had it all but as a uh, you know legendary nfl writer rick goslin who puts together his special teams rankings every year number 32 green bay and we saw that and green bay lost because their special teams weren't good enough and i like the fact that that the you know the quarterback the best player in the league the last two years could not overcome deficiencies at, at other parts of the uh, of the game, and I love the fact that the 49ers are you know the face of that. What's going on in France, San Francisco right now? The face is not Jimmy Garoppolo, it's not Trey Lance, it's Debo Samuel, the yeah. the, the most vicious weapon right going right now in the NFL because it's it's third and seven. Granted, it's tied; they could accept overtime, whatever. But it's third and seven. They're at the 40-yard line. They basically need a first down to assure uh, a comfortable field goal in that situation to win the game. They hand off to Debo Samuel, and he, he gets nine yards on third and seven. So no, you know, no running back is running harder in the, in the league right now than this guy, and he's a receiver. So I love just love that game. I love the vibe of that game. I love kind of the what the 49ers are doing and uh I would not be – I mean, 49ers have beaten the Rams, you know, six straight times. I would not be surprised to see them, uh, you know, beat the Rams. Good. You pick them this week. Uh, I have <laughs> one more question about uh, uh, the Packers, at, at least in Rodgers' case. I, I heard a lot of talk about he targeted uh, Devontae Adams so much, and uh, primarily Adams and Aaron Jones. I mean, 10 for Jones and 11 for Devontae Adams, you know, with six other targets to four other receivers in the whole game, almost exclusively trying to, you know, especially in the fourth quarter when they're trying to come back and win. Uh, that seems so on Rodgers like. Uh, uh, K fan this morning talking about he blames it on the coach if it, if it wasn't just Rodgers, you know, doing his own thing. But Rodgers finally opened his receiver better than anybody. What was he so? That he he just says, oh, I got to go to Devontae, go to the well, go to the money. You know, it, it it looked bad. It was bad, and it, it's you know, it's it's not anything that we've seen from him in the past ten years. Well, I mean, we saw him target uh, Devontae Adams quite a bit in the games. I don't know how what the what the numbers were, but um, I think it's also yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I think it's Aaron Rodgers also trusting that Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the window that Aaron Rodgers can throw through is so small and he's so accurate and, and so careful with the ball at the same time. Uh, like, I, 
there's so many times like I, maybe the first catch uh, in that second game against the Packers, like Chris Boyd is, he's actually there. He's kind of blanketing yeah. uh, Adams. He kind of turns at the last second. The ball whistles underneath his chin. Adams catches it for like a 20 yard catch or whatever. So those are the kind of things that Aaron Rodgers can do. So, you know, I, I'm having a little hard time sitting here second guessing what, you know, Aaron Rodgers, where he should have gone or where he shouldn't have gone. But, uh, cause I think he does it at a little higher level than I'm probably capable of, Joe. You know, and that's true. But I mean, we're, we're complaining about, uh, uh, Kirk Cousins not, you know, I, I guess I don't know what the comparison is here, but, Rodgers is the guy that knows right away what he's going to do and what's going to happen on the defense, and he's going to you know throw you off here and throw this guy there. But it, it maybe maybe it it was a really it's a future Hall of Fame quarterback in, under desperation. You know, I mean, we criticize Kirk because he's always checking down. Well, I think Rodgers did it. You know, ten times to Aaron Rodgers or to Aaron Jones. I, I just it just seemed like a really bad performance. And well, but that but uh, I think you got to give the 49ers some credit because. Um, you know, unlike maybe some of the other games on the weekend, uh, certainly not Joe Burrow, but uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't have a whole lot of time. Aaron Rodgers was under pressure. You know, there was yeah. a lot of pressure there. Uh, and that makes every difference, all the difference in the world. After the game, he said that he was, uh, he was not interested in a rebuild. And the Packers are 44 million over the cap, 44.5 over the cap, you know, for next year. Uh, they're going to have to make some changes. Do you think these are, we're seeing the last, we saw the last game of Rodgers in a Packer uniform? Yeah, I don't know. I never believed last year. And it, it, one of the, one of the bad things about the Packer season ending is now we've got how many months, uh, eight and a half months of this Rodgers stuff. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't think, I didn't think for a minute last year that he would, was gone this year. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking maybe it could be because of all the, uh, you know, just the, their financial problems, the fact that he that uh, Adams might leave. I think Adams leaves if Rodgers leaves. If he doesn't, then then they stay. Um, but, you know, it depends on what they can get for him. If, if you know, Denver is loaded with, with draft picks, uh, if they're able to give him, you know, they did draft his replacement. So at some point, plan should be to to turn the team over to this guy and see if he's what you what you wanted uh the problem is is that this guy won't is the other guy won't stop winning mvps you know um it's gonna be kind of i can imagine his offseason is going to be kind of volatile and like it was last year uh, but you know at his age he'll be 30 what 39 or whatever uh, if you can get yeah. a boatload, get a boatload of picks for him, then maybe that's time to time to time to pull that trigger on it. And it works for me. That's all I can say. There's one more game I want to talk about: the Bucks and the and the Rams. Was great. Was was just as entertaining to me uh, with everything going on. I mean, he had all kinds of turnovers. Uh, the, he had the big lead built by the 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 Rams, and it looked like it was over. And then they start, you know. Stafford is going to lie in, and he and he and he uh, had a had a turnover, and Acres has two fumbles, and oh my goodness, you know, here comes Tom Brady, you know, it was like this one last charge into the breach by Tom Brady, uh, and I was just as happy to see uh, uh, that it not that it not happened for him. So Brady's out, and Rodgers is out of the playoffs. But anyway, I wanted to ask you, I talk about one play, you know, the final pass play to. Cooper Cup when uh, 
they they got the the Rams in position for the game winning field goal. And uh, I heard Stafford talking about it after the game, and he said he goes, "Oh yeah, I just sent Cooper uh, on the love of the game route, he, which which is his job was to just race, not get the ball, and clear an area out. That was all he was doing. Well, the 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 instead the box rather than playing prevent that we had seen in other games they had a full on blitz going one guy didn't get the call at the I, one of the middle linebackers didn't blitz and and stayed back but he should have been blitzing and Stafford recognized it so he throws it to Cup downfield with a great pass over over Winfield and uh, puts him in you know chip shot range for the winning field goal it was a great it was amazing so I love the description of the play the love of the game route. <laughs> And uh, Stafford just calmly, who's he's just got this nonchalant about him, calmly just whips it down there because he's got the arm, and 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 they're in the uh, NFC title game. It was just amazing. I thought it was great. Well, uh, the love of the game route was a lot more love of the game in the '70s and the '80s and '90s. Uh, now and it's kind of uh, now 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 the the uh, you know the I think offensive players have uh, have a certain higher comfort level of going over the middle because. They don't get clobbered like they used to. I mean, and that's that to me has changed the game tremendously. It's like now that middle of the field is so open. Uh, and the, you know, the quarterbacks are getting better. The rules encourage, you know, allow them to go into a part of the field where, you know, only the, the very few used to go into uh, and take those wallops. And uh, but yeah, to me, that's the way. I know it wasn't perfect. There was turnovers, and Brady came back and everything, but. That's what you paid. Uh, uh, I'm, imp- I'm impressed with – I didn't like the trade at the time. I thought it was too much for, for Matthew Stafford and his age and everything. But, man, they're, the Rams are two wins away from this being one of the greatest gambles um, to, to actually, you know, produce a Super Bowl win that we've ever seen. I mean, they just – you know, they've been doing this for a couple years where it's just uh, – or a few years – where it's just, you know, the future can wait. We're going to win now. We're going to win now. Well, now they targeted this year, and Matthew Stafford did exactly, like he was doing early in the year, did exactly what you brought him in to do, to kind of be that tough guy that's going to throw that. He's got a, he's a kind of a scrappy guy, that big arm, that can make those throws. And, uh, you know, and as far as the defense, I mean, I, I don't fault him for doing that because as we've seen in the other games, some other games, all year long, as you know, sitting back's not working. Um, so I don't mind if they mixed it up. And uh, if you get there, it's a great call. If you don't, and this happens, and you know they had enough time to get up there and spike it and and win the game. Yeah, it's it's great stuff. And, and, and you're starting to see the Von Miller acquisition pay off for the Rams oh, last couple of weeks. For sure, he, he's really uh, you know, in there. Uh, yeah, he he and Aaron Donald, I could see a. Co Super Bowl MVP with those two guys the way they're working together now, um, you know, whew, that's a that's a lot to ask for a, a pass protection to. Uh, that's that's how uh, the pretty boy with the goat, the best of all time, ends up with a fat lip and blood coming down his face because uh, they 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 got after him a bit. Hey, um, well, you know. Here we go. I mean that that that's uh, uh, setting up two really good games this weekend to, for a chance to get in the Super Bowl. And I, I tell you, the Rams have been up, up and then down, and they are back up and they are playing well right now. So uh, that brings us to our, our prediction segment because we're almost up against the clock here. But uh, 
Uh, the way it's going right now, it's uh, I got a two-game lead on you with three to go, Mark. You, you picked the Bills, and I picked the uh, Chiefs, and it could have went either way. That was the only game we had different this weekend. So um, I, I don't know how you want to do if you want to go first. or We all kind of know. I, I'm, I'm going to go with the chalk. I'm going to take the two home teams and, and – uh, and ride them into the playoffs or into the into the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I I ended up changing my picks from our from this from Tuesday yeah. to to Thursday. Um, I I did like the Rams um, just because I thought that Brady would get kind of beat up like he did. Uh, but right now, I you know I so I got I got to pick two different from you and hope that between these next three games, I got to pick two and be different. So I I'm gonna I'm not gonna although. I didn't think that I didn't think the Bengals would win the first week. I didn't trust them. They won. I didn't think they'd win last week. I didn't trust them. They won. So I'm I, I can't pick them. So I because I can't pick the Chiefs against the Chiefs. I I think that the Bengals are are boy they're they're right there, but they're probably a year away. I'm going Chiefs, but I will make it so that I can at least have a chance to tie. Uh, uh, I'm going to go with the 49ers. Uh, has a 49ers feel to it uh, that they're going to be just tougher than the Rams. That's hard to, you know, when I'm picturing Aaron Donald and Von Miller going after Garoppolo, but I like the chiefs. I like the uh, 49ers running game. I like their toughness. I like the fact that they have confidence of beating this team six straight times. So I'll go with the, the 49ers and make it a little different here. Well, you better be right, or you will owe me one million dollars. Actually, you'll owe me one Mankato Brewery beer. Here we go. 101.45. Got it in. Got it in. Well, thanks, folks, for for tuning in this week. It was fun, and, you know, I I enjoyed it. I'll just say that one more time. and we'll be back next week to to talk about these these two games and pre- preview the Super Bowl and see what else is going on. Hopefully, we'll have a Vikings GM and maybe even a coach to talk about. Um, we'll see what happens then. But thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mike uh, Woldem in the background producing for us. And thank you all for for listening. Until we see you again, for Joe, my old pal, Skull. <laughs>